Let's pray together as we get started this morning. Father, I am thankful for your blessings, for the goodness that you have shown towards us. Lord, I'm thankful for moving on the hearts of this community to give towards Haiti in the way that they did throughout the month of December and at the same time just continuing their offering as well, Lord. It was above and beyond and it was a form of worship to you. And Lord, we pray that all the finances that are collected would be a sacrifice to you, God, that they would be tool in your hands to do your work. And we thank you for, again, the ability to give for your goodness in our lives. And Lord, we pray this morning that you would help us to just fight off distraction, to, to offer ourselves to you, to give this time and, Lord, to give our attention to what your spirit would want to do within us. Lord, I pray that you move in our midst here and that you would have your way in our hearts and our minds and in this place. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, open it to Nehemiah. I have to hit the switch. We're in Nehemiah. We're going to be looking in chapter 2 today. Last week, we began this book, and we saw that there was one man who cared enough to step into a difficult situation. The situation is that Israel is in a position of being captive, in a position of discipline, really. And the city was broken down. The walls were torn down. The gates had been burned. And so they were very vulnerable. And when he heard about the condition of the city that he and his ancestors came from, he was moved to tears. He wept. But not only was he moved to tears, he was moved to prayer, to want to step into making a difference. And we talked about how when we want to be people that actually have an impact on the world around us, many times what has to happen is we have to step into the difficult situations. That if we want to be like Nia, a man, a single man who is going to be responsible for rebuilding a city with the help of those he's going to draw in, we have to be willing to step into those things that are hard. And that nothing happens if we don't make that decision and step into that difficult point. And so we have to care enough to, first of all, hurt for those things. We also have to care enough to want to respond. And if we care but do nothing, then we're kind of like a double-minded person. We're, we're unstable. We're not really having influence in the world around us. We are a voice without any action, and we don't see the results that we want to see. And so if we're wanting to make a difference, if we want to see something take place in our lives, we have to step into difficult situations. And many of you know that. You, you sometimes find yourself in those situations before you even wanted to be there. But I want to ask you a question before we get started. And the question is this. Would God want you to do something that puts you in harm's way? Think about that. And while we are wrestling with this thought, and as you're thinking, well, I think the answer is yes, but I don't like that. Or no, God would never do anything like that. We're, I want us to 
to wrestle with this question this morning as we go through our study. So if you have your Bible, open it to Nehemiah chapter 2. If you haven't already, if you need one, raise your hand and we'll get you a Bible. I see that hand. I always wanted to say that. Nehemiah chapter 2. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. If it pleases the king and I, if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take? And when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, may I have letter to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted me requests. So I went to the governor of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. When Samballat the Hornite and Tobiah the Ammonite officials heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. Now, it says that this is in the month of Nisan, and he's not talking about car dealers here. This is about four months later from the month of Keslev, which means nothing to us. Keslev and Nisan. But it's about four months, and we don't know why it's four months later. We don't know if, you know, the cupbearer position had four months on, four months off, if he was just thinking about it over this time. But timing is a difficult thing. Things don't always go according to our schedule. You ever notice that? We would like things to happen. We have an idea. We want it to take place. And sometimes things move a lot slower than we would like. But he did not lose heart. He did not give up. In fact, after this four-month period of time, he comes up and he shows up before the king. Now, understanding, as we talked about last week, the cupbearer's position was to taste the wine, make sure it wasn't poison. If he didn't croak, then he was able to give it to the king. But he wasn't supposed to be a person that was noticed. The king didn't want to be upset. And so the idea of going before the king and being sad The reason that would be something to be afraid of is because, hey, you're bumming me out. I'm the king off with his head kind of a thing. And and so we need to understand the dynamic of this relationship that Nehemiah is in. He's not just going up to his buddy. He is in peril for his life. 
And so the question, would God want you to do something that puts you in harm's way, comes into play. For me to step into this difficult situation, for me to want and be a part of the rebuilding of the walls in the city, I have to step in to harm's way. I have to ask the king who could have me killed if it's okay. And so he he goes and he shows up and the king says, you're not sick, otherwise you probably wouldn't be there. So it can be nothing but sadness of heart. And it says, I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, I, I love this because fear usually makes our world smaller. When we're afraid of something, it restricts us. If you're afraid of heights, you don't climb ladders. Maybe you don't even get into airplanes. If you're afraid of crowds, you don't go to clubs or concerts or maybe even churches. And so your world is restricted because you're afraid. And you see, the the difficult thing is the emotion you feel when you're afraid is fear. Duh. But the emotion you feel when you are brave is fear. Isn't that a jip? See, brave isn't an emotion. Courage isn't an emotion. What being brave is or courageous is, is in spite of your emotion moving forward. A person who is brave is afraid, but still moves forward. And so Nehemiah has the emotion of fear, but he said, He still moved forward. And I think many times we are paralyzed by fear. And what we want to do is have God take away the emotion. God, I'm afraid of whatever this situation is. I'm afraid to do this because of what it might require me of me. And so what I want is take away the emotion. I don't want to feel this fear. not realizing that sometimes fear is the right emotion. Sometimes it's good to be afraid. You're supposed to have that emotion, but does that emotion hold you? There's a couple of passages in Scripture I love. In Psalm 56.3, it says, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. When I have this emotion that's making me afraid, I'm going to put my trust in you. And then in Isaiah, it says, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. And so when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. But if I put my trust in you, I will not be afraid. Now, being afraid does not mean I will not have that emotion. But what he's saying, I will trust in you, it means that emotion will not stop me. It will not paralyze me. It will not hold me captive. I will be able to move forward in spite of how I feel. And so Nehemiah 
was very afraid. And I don't know what you've had in your life when you've been very afraid. If there's been circumstances that you've been in where you have been like, "Uh uh-oh, this is bad. And maybe it's fear for your physical safety. Maybe it's a fear just for the circumstances that you're in and what might take place. Fear for your children, your job. But we can get overwhelmed with this emotion to such a place where we don't move. And our lives get stuck. In depression, when you're dealing with depression, same thing happens. You're afraid to move. There's no hope. And so you you don't trust in the Lord. You get locked in. You can only see the problem. And what we need to do is recognize you are going to have the emotion of fear. It's not going away. And even people who are in dangerous situations are afraid. But what they have to do is move in spite of the fear. So would God put me in harm's way? Did God put Nehemiah in harm's way? And if so, Why would he do that? Why can't it just be easy? Well, like we talked about last week, it's never going to be easy if it's going to be a work that has purpose. If it's going to have substantial change in the circumstances and world around us. It's not going to be easy. So we have to decide what are we going to do? How are we going to deal with a difficult situation? How are we going to deal with fear that would want to hold us in? And so the question is, how do you know what to do? How did Nehemiah know that he should ask the king? You see, if you have it in your mind, that God would never put me in harm's way, then Nehemiah would go before the king and said, he could kill me, this ain't the will of God. I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to get killed. How did he know? We we see that he knew this was the will of God because it says in verse 12 that he had set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. So he believed that God was the one prompting his heart. How do you know when God is prompting your heart? Because I don't want to ask the king and it not be God's will. And I get killed for something stupid. You guys understand what I'm saying here? You, how many of you are like, is this God's will or am I just going to die? Well, I can't answer that. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Glad we came this morning. But I can suggest some things to you. Whenever you are going to do something that is going to benefit others, when you're going to do something that is going to be the help of others, you can bet that God looks approvingly on those things. 
whenever I, I am talking to couples that are struggling together and if they have children, and they want to know, well, what does God want for us in this circumstance, you know, of, of difficulty and turmoil, I can say to them usually with very much certainty that whatever is going to be the best thing for your kids is probably what God is going to want to be a part of. And so if you conduct yourself in a way that's going to benefit your children, God's going to be looking at that and say, that's a good thing. Because he's caring, he's wanting what is going to benefit people. And so when you're wanting to step in and do something that is going to be helpful to people, you can bet that God is going to be supportive of those kinds of things. And so when you're going down to Mexico to help at an orphanage or to do some work that is kind of in a mission sense down there, and everyone's afraid, oh, no, there's all this stuff, you know, I saw the news and I, you know, watched this TV show about Juarez and, you know, all this stuff that's going on. Well, we don't go to Juarez, but, you know, are you going to let the fear hold you? Or is maybe God prompting your heart and you're caring enough to want to step into something that might put you in harm's way. We're going to Haiti. What could happen? Well, you could get malaria, I suppose, or you can get cholera, or you could, you know, they have UN soldiers with blue helmets carrying guns, or you can get, who knows, you're in Haiti. You can get sick. Is that going to stop you? Maybe you're wanting to talk to someone, a friend who's in a, a situation that needs some help. You see that they're living a life that's destructive, that's hurtful. And you see it and you want to step into that, but you're afraid that they're going to look at you or speak to you in a certain way. They'll stop being your friend. Is the fear stopping you from doing what is good? Are you afraid of what will be the response? Are you afraid of how circumstances may not go your way? Is the fear holding you from doing what is good? And you see, we as uh, believers in Jesus could do so much more if we weren't afraid. if we got past the emotion and trusted and said and moved forward. And, and you know that fear. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to share my faith. I don't want to confront the situation. I don't want to ask for the time of work off to, to do this. I, I don't want to do this. All those things that come into your mind, I don't know how to, I, I, I don't, I, you just become afraid. And so you say nothing. You do nothing. And then you feel bad afterwards. I should have said something. I should have did something. You know, when you think, oh, I should call so-and-so, and you don't. And then they call you. And you go, oh, I should have called them first. But I didn't. And so fear has locked you in. And so we need to ask ourselves, is there something 
I care about and want to do? Is there something I would like to make a difference in, in my life? Maybe it's in my family. You know, I want to talk to my husband. I, I want to try and encourage him in faith. Or, or maybe it's, you know, a relative. I really want to be there for them and I want to try and connect to them. But, you know, it's messy. It's difficult. And I'm afraid of how they're going to respond to me. And so I, I'm not sure I should do that. Is there something that you would like to see take place in your life, but you're afraid? You're afraid because it's going to be difficult. You're afraid because it might be hurtful. And so you don't want to step into harm's way, and so you do nothing. And the world is changed by people who step in harm's way. You want to start something, even with this uh, sex trafficking you know, that's taking place. I'd like to make a difference. I'd like to see that stop but I don't know what to do. Well, maybe just going to that show and hearing what's happening and, and understanding and educating yourself will be the first step to maybe actually doing something. Maybe you want to start a nonprofit, an organization, and you're not sure what you want to do exactly, but you have that desire in your heart and you just want to take a step. But it's scary. You see, there's so much potential in this room to do so much good. And what stops us isn't ability. What stops us is fear. It paralyzes us. But Nehemiah wasn't paralyzed. He stepped into that. And, and this is what's great. When he says, I was very much afraid, but I said. I was afraid, but I stepped into this anyway. And, and then it goes on. In verse 4, it says, Then the king said to me, What is it you want? I love this. He says, Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. That's the quickest prayer. Have you ever prayed those? Oh, God, help. <laughs> and I love that, because it says he prayed, he acknowledged God, and then he answered the king. You see, what happens to us many times is we... Hit the situation, okay, here it is, and we pray. And then we don't respond. We just pray. Turn with me to Exodus. Exodus chapter 14. Starting at verse 10. Here's the, the story. Israel has just fled Egypt. They're now coming to the Red Sea. The Egyptian army is now in hot pursuit. We take it up here in verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified. There it is, that fear. And they cried to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us into the desert to die? Don't you love that? Wouldn't you want to be a leader? <laughs> What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. So Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, 
you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Sounds good, right? Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. I love that. Stand still. God will do something. And God says, move. (laughs) So many times we stand still. We get in this place and we cry out to God and we are as sincere as we can be. We are hurt. We are burdened. We are wanting to see the change take place, but we stand still. And we pray and we care and we weep, but we don't move. And you see, Nehemiah prayed to God and he said, he was afraid and he said. We have not because we ask not. Jesus said, ask, you will receive. Seek, you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. He told Timothy, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind, sensibility. That's my spirit. I haven't given you a spirit that is going to paralyze you. I have given you a spirit that can move you forward. But you have to say You have to speak. It's not enough to pray and do nothing. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't pray and wait for answers at times, but there are times when you know this is what you need to do. You know it's the good thing to do. It's just going to be messy, and you just don't want to do it. And so we pray and want things to change before we do anything, and we end up doing nothing. What happens when we ask? What happens when in spite of our prayer we, or our fear, we just pray, okay, God, help me because I'm going. See, you didn't say, God, I'm praying to you. I'm going to stand still, make everything better. He said, God, I'm going. Don't let me die. And it comes with this understanding that sometimes God will have us move into harm's way to change the way. But what happens when you ask? Look what happened to Nehemiah. He prayed and he answered the king, if it pleases the king, your servant, verse 5, has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where the ancestors were buried so that I can rebuild it. The king asks him, how long is it going to take? He tells him. And then he goes, okay. Here, remember this tension that's going on. Here's a guy who could kill me. I'm asking him to let me go. And then what does he do? And then he says, well, he said, okay. By the way, since it's okay, let me ask you this. Can you 
send a letter before me so that the governor gives me safe passage to Judah. And by the way, can I ask you something else? Can you give me an okay to use the, the wood that it's needed to, to build the things that are there, the gates and, and a little home for myself? I need to set up a little condo while I'm there so I have my vacation condo in, in Jerusalem and then I'll come back later on. Can you help me out with those things? You see, if he didn't ask, he would have gotten nothing. He asked and he received in fact, not only did he receive the letter that gave him the safe passage and the letter that got him the wood, the king also said, hey, I'm going to send the cavalry with you. They'll protect you the whole time there. We want to see God move, but don't you see that if you don't take that step, then the blessings don't come down. If you don't allow yourself to step into and make some motion yourself, then you're limiting what God is going to do because you aren't really willing. But once you take that step and you say, okay, I prayed, I'm going, and all of a sudden the answer comes. All of a sudden things start happening. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. We see later on that Sambalite, the Hornite, the name just sounds bad, okay? And Tobiah the Ammonite, are against him. He already has opposition. It's not going to be easy, but he is going to change his world. He is going to rebuild Jerusalem because he prayed and said, because he asked and did, because fear did not paralyze him from moving with what was going to be beneficial for the people. And that's what we want to get from this this morning. We need to care about the circumstances around us. We need to care about the lives of the people around us. We need to care about our friends, our family, our coworkers, our community. We need to want to see something good happen. We need to understand that if we want to see something good happen, it's not going to happen easily. And we need to not be so afraid that we do nothing. We need to pray to God and we need to move. And when we do, what will happen? You know, we read these stories, and like we said last week, the Bible is filled of stories of people who did amazing things. That's why it's such a good reading. It'd be real boring if it was about stories of people who did nothing. Joseph went home and watched TV. Got up and went to work. Had lunch. Came back home. Watched the game. It's about people who stepped into the difficult situations and changed the world around them. And the world is still being changed by people who step into those situations who don't let the emotion of fear paralyze them from moving, from praying and asking. And then we see that God was with him, that God of heaven answered his prayer, 
It was the king, but God was behind it the whole time. And so God is pushing Nehemiah into harm's way, and then God is helping him along the way. See, this journey is a dangerous one. I don't, want, I don't want to fool you. I don't want you to think that this Christian life is a piece of cake, no problems. It's just smooth sailing. It's dangerous. If you are going to live for Jesus, you are going to have a target on you. And God is pushing you out into the combat zone. He is calling us and putting us in harm's way. But he doesn't push us. We have to voluntarily go. This isn't a draft. He calls us and then he invites us to go into battle. And when we're afraid, he says, trust me. You know, when you're in the military, I don't know this except in movies, but... You know, when they out, go out into harm's way, they say, trust your training. Something like that. Right? Do they say that? Anyone who... They say that, Raymond? Yeah, they say that. Trust your training. Why? Because if I trust my emotion, I will do nothing. If you trust your training, then I'm going to move forward and have faith that my training is going to see me through. Does it guarantee safety? No. It doesn't. We need to trust our God. Does it guarantee safety? No. But he was with him. And through Nehemiah, he changed the nation. What does God want to change through you? How big is your God? How big is your vision? And it doesn't have to be, I want to change the world. I want to change the city. It might just be, I want to change my family. I want to see a change take in the relationship with my wife, my husband, my kids. I want to see a change take place in my vocation and what I'm doing. But to do this, I'm going to have to maybe go back to school. Or to do this, I'm going to have to involve myself with this. And I'm afraid, and so we're stuck. Maybe we need to, like Nehemiah, say, pray to the God in heaven and move forward and ask. Because until you ask, you will not see these things happen. If he never said anything, if he didn't ask, what do you want, Nehemiah? Oh, nothing. Nothing would have happened. He would have been blinded to the change that was possible if he didn't step into it. Step into the fear, step into the difficulty, and step past those things that would hinder him. We need to do the same. Let's pray. Father, I think so many times we wait when we're supposed to move. So many times we want you to do things for us. And you're wanting us to step into the difficulty, to step in by faith and trust you. Even as Abraham had to 
step in and offer his son Isaac to you. And then you were able to step in and say, I see. You held his hand. You stayed the knife. And you did what only you can do. God, if we want to see you do the miraculous in our lives, we need to recognize that you're calling us into the lives of others. You're calling us into difficult situations. And many times you are calling us into harm's way, whatever that might look like for us. None of us are are really stepping in or a few of us will be stepping into life-threatening situations. But fear still paralyzes us from wanting to move forward. And Lord, in whatever way, in whatever circumstance that is before us right now, that is making us afraid, that is causing us concern, God, we want to move forward and trust in you. We want to see you do the amazing. And so we need to step and believe that you will. And until we do, we're blinded. God, give us understanding. Help us to see that you meet us in that difficult situation. And God, may we have clarity to understand your hand with us that it's not always easy but it is always good and so i pray for everyone here that you would help them lord and whatever their problems is whatever their walls that need to be rebuilt are whatever they need to build in their lives lord whatever fear is holding them father i pray that from this morning and the reminder through scripture that they would see that god unless we ask unless we move we really can't expect a lot but when we pray when we move we can expect you to meet us in those situations i pray you would lord in jesus name amen